Hey, this is Victor Chustel, and you're listening to Who Are You Again? A show where I call people that probably want nothing to do with me. If you like what you hear, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Phone ringing off the hook. Got me a little shook. Who's on the And welcome to Who Are You Again? Where I have phone calls with people who are also glued to their couch. Today, I'll be speaking with a guy who lives all my favorite little cities, Asheville. Um, we went on a series of dates way back when. He has a pretty incredible beard that I can't fathom growing myself. And he also apparently just painted parts of his house, which, you know, I commend him for because, well, I don't have that same type of energy. <laughs> Zach, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. Um, uh, I would say the painting came from a place of sheer boredom. And I just looked around my room and went, well, if I'm going to be stuck in this room for potentially months, I at least want to look like a fantasy. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. <laughs> I, yeah, I commend you because I, I don't think that I have paint anything um it just seems really daunting and i think the last time i painted something i was probably nine years old and yeah 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 and it gave me a ton of anxiety wow Um, wow yeah well i get lazy when i do it because the big thing with painting is you have to tape everything if you know that you don't have a steady hand which i do not so the taping almost is just the worst part of it um, How long does that take you? Oh God! Well, it's weird because I'm I'm paint I painted my bathroom too, um, because I wanted to have a pink fantasy bathroom that was just like you know bubblegum pink because I've just always wanted yeah. that. And I'm like, you know what? I want I want it. I'm gonna have my fantasy finally, and that's gonna happen. And that one took because I had to tape the entire room. That took like maybe like an hour and a half just to like tape it because i had to tape all the cabinets all the doors all the baseboards around the shower around the shower head around the it just it, it, it was awful um but my room i did it in like three different colors like accent wall style so i've kind of just had to do like one or two walls at a time so that hasn't taken as long it's just i'm used to painting being a one day project where you like oh i'm going to repaint my room today but it's taken basically three days because I have to do three different colors. And I realized today that when you try to paint over forest green with um, a pink shade called Frosty Berry, it takes more than two coats of paint. So I'm going to have to go to Lowe's and get another little thing of paint. Uh, and yeah, so it's been I was, all thing. I was thinking, wouldn't that create like a brownish color? Well, it's... It just looks bad right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've painted this with two full coats of this paint, and I can still see every single like brush or roller stroke on this from the paint because it's just that dark of a green that's underneath it. 
Um, and whoever lived in my room before me had mounted the TV to the wall and they did not do it in an intelligent fashion. So there are just huge gaping holes in the wall also, like four little gaping holes. So I will be hanging artwork over those holes until I can fill them <laughs> in. But yeah, so I don't know. It's just a thing of, I feel like right now the world is so uncertain with how long this is going to be lasting. Like people are saying, oh, in a couple of months, some people are saying longer, you know. And so uh, if I'm going to be stuck in this house every day, all day, I wanted to create the most ideal bedroom experience that I could make, I guess. No, I mean, that, I think that makes the most sense. I just think, wow, that's a shit ton of effort. Ugh. And uh, honestly, voices at bay. <laughs> honestly, I think it's hard enough for me to even get out of bed. Like, Ugh. I feel accomplished if I can wake up and make breakfast. So the fact that you're <laughs> literally painting rooms of the house, I think that's pretty incredible. Well, don't get it twisted. As soon as the painting is finished, like it's back to being a lazy couch potato. So, like you know, don't be too impressed. It, it's a, it's a, <laughs> well, it's a brief uh, escape from uh, extreme boredom that has been happening because uh, I'm not even working right now because of all the quarantine stuff. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't even have like a job to go to or to like focus my energy on. So now it's been all about, well, when am I ever going to have this much free time again to just, you know, be at my own <laughs> mercy? You know, that is, that is so true. And that's kind of like a silver lining that I was mm-hmm. telling someone else. I was like, you know, it really sucks that we're all stuck in the house and that there's really not a ton to do. But the silver lining of it is, what else in your life are you able to sleep as much or really kind of yeah like rest and so that is the one true blessing i think from this is that people actually get to kind of you know take care of themselves yeah and just you think normally like the past few years i've been working full-time in like like restaurant management which is just all-encompassing there's a small local company too so it's not even like a big staff so i would be there all the time and I would just think to myself, oh, I would, I would kill for some downtime. Like, oh, I just want to have... And I remember this whole year... Well, I know. I cursed all of us. I am the reason this is happening. And I remember thinking, <laughs> this 2020 is going to be all about, you know, <laughs> taking a step back. And I, you know, had left my job, um, which I guess was fine because it would have ended anyway. But... I'm going to perform more. I'm going to do more auditions. I'm going to do more, you know, self-tapes. And then all of this happened. So basically, it's like all of our lives are on pause, like a pause button. So it's like, well, while I have all this time, why not at least accomplish something? So like right now for me, it's been just focusing on creative projects that I've had in my brain forever that I just would never have the free time or just the mental space to even think of making time to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I've been wanting to make a podcast for a long time. So I'm finally like, Oh, I know. So this is kind of oh, fun. Look it's at like that. Dipping my toe into <laughs> the, the podcast waters. Um, so I'm working yeah, on that. This is, uh-huh. And um, just working on, I've been wanting to get into voiceover stuff for a while. So I'm working on setting up a little recording booth station in my walk-in closet. And so I've got mm-hmm. lots of little little things just to keep me 
busy and I find that the worst thing I can do is just give my brain too much time to uh, think about things. Uh, so just all the little little projects that I can take on can only help, right? Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that you're basically killing the game because that's the thing that we need to do. I think we need to do as much creative things that we can do to kind of distract ourselves. Because like you said... Um, at the beginning of this entire thing, I was glued to TV. I was watching oh. CNN. I was watching the news. And it was dread, 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 dread. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was too much. And so I was like, okay, I have to put this away. <laughs> Every now and then I'll check the news to see, you know, what's going on. But yes, yes. I can't stay absorbed to it oh, otherwise yeah. it's going to drive me insane oh yeah that's me with this that's me with politics like right now i'm like listen i voted in the primary uh you know we'll see what happens later in the year but i just can't i'm i don't want to sound complacent like oh, i don't want to talk about serious things but i just can't think about politics and the dread of the world every day or i just will go insane because, like, as an empath and as an overthinker, it will just be in the forefront of my brain all the time if I check in with that stuff all the time. Which it should be in our brains. It's important stuff. But I mm-hmm. also think mental health is... It's okay to focus on your own mental health a little bit, too. As long as you're not just checking out of the world, which I'm definitely not doing that. But I do think, like, even you, like, you starting this podcast, I'm like, that's such a great... What a, first of all, what a great time to start a project like that. <laughs> but also, yeah, the, the fact that you're doing something creative and something that gives you, like, a, I don't know, like a barometer for every week. Like, oh, I worked on this thing. Like, I did this. I mean, not that you're not doing a million things from what it sounds like. like <laughs> anyway, but anything positive and creative we can do right now, I just feel like is can only be a good thing. Well, thank you. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. It's really nice. Of course. Um, but I, I do want to bring it back a little bit to what you were saying about politics. Mm-hmm. Um, is it that you're tired of like what's going on in the country with you know <sighs> Donald Trump, or oh. is it that you're kind of tired and over the election? Gosh, I mean, or is it both? Both? <laughs> No, I mean <laughs> because God, it it has just been such a weird. Like four years since you know mm-hmm. what happened because it, I don't know like I mean I guess I'm just older so maybe I just have a different perspective of the world than when I was younger but it just feels like things are different it just feels like more divisive than ever I mean I know I'm like you know not alone in that thought but also just this whole election cycle I'm not gonna get too political because I don't know if it's a political podcast but <laughs> it did feel like we had all these options, like all these people to choose from, like as I am a Democrat, like as a Democrat. Um, and I, it's not that I'm unhappy with where we ended up, but I'm just kind of like, okay. It just feels like, oh, cool, like two old white dudes. Like, this is, like is this really where we ended mm-hmm. up after all of the diversity that was in the race? It just feels kind of like, okay. But I'm also like, but you know what? If... If it if things will end up in a better place, um, that I'm willing to go fine. If that's what needs to ha- happen, fine. 
but it's it's just ugh, I don't know. It's fear. It's like fear of the election because like I feel like I'm like triggered from 2016 because <laughs> I felt so confident in 2016, and then things did not go that way. So I'm not really taking anything for granted this year. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to focus on you know stay connected, like do your part, vote, like try to help and I don't even know I don't even know what helping and volunteering is gonna look like at this point though. Like I think like what is the election cycle even going to look like in, you know, the, the world we're living in right now? Like uh, it's just it's I can't even I can't even imagine myself voting, I guess, unless they're just gonna do like absentee ballots. Like it just feels it feels like potentially heading towards a disaster. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I I agree. <laughs> to be to be honest, this entire thing, the past four years have felt like the twilight zone. Yes. You know, from the moment of, you know, Trump giving out hamburgers from McDonald's <laughs> at the White House yeah. during the shutdown. Oh, um to I can't even keep track. Oh, I feel like every day. Keep track. Yeah. Yeah. There's something new every single day. And in terms of like candidates for the future, I also am very disappointed that we're kind of in this world where it's Biden versus Trump. And, you know, I don't think Biden's an awful person by any means. And I think he should be respected for the platform that he's had in our country. But I don't find him excited. No, yeah. I feel like there were so many others that would have brought more difference to the table. And, you know, I I am guilty of being one of those people that was like, uh, I don't really know if I like Kamala. And then, uh, I don't really like Pete because I don't like what Pete... <laughs> has done with, you know, like the Black folks yes. in Indiana. Um, but now that we're in the situation that we're in, I'm kind of like, hmm, you know, yeah. I would take Pete and Kamala and Klobuchar and over Biden. I would not take, um, what's her name, Tulsi Gabbard at all. But who? <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard? Oh, God. Oh, my God. My former boss was obsessed with Tulsi Gabbard. He was like, oh, she's going to be the nominee. Like, mark my words. It's going to be Tulsi Gabbard. Why? He like, oh, she seems really, like, no nonsense. And, like, she can reach across the aisle and, and deal with the other party. And I just... She seems like a Disney villain. Yes. Like, legit. yeah, she she is Vanessa from The well, Little Mermaid. Did, yeah. That is she. <laughs> oh my god, that's so great. Oh my god. Wait, did you ever see on SNL when Cecily Strong played Tulsi Gabbard? <gasps> I did. She's like, I'm wearing the <laughs> the the suit of your fallen hero, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh no, it was just it was perfect. She was. Yeah, that made my life. That was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen on SNL, actually. Well, I'm a huge SNL nerd, and I think Cecily Strong, as much as I love Kate McKinnon, I think she's deserved all the love and, uh, you know, success that has come from her being on the show. I do feel like people Mm -hmm. sleep on Cecily Strong a little bit, where I'm like, you know, Cecily Strong is very smart and a very good sketch performer, and she can do impressions, she can do... Like she has such a range as a performer, which uh, I, don't know, I just love her. I think she's hilarious, mm-hmm. and actually, I find her more funny. Yeah, I know she has um, a new show coming out. 
that she's producing, oh, it's for Hulu or something, but it's like a musical comedy series. Like it'll it'll be like original songs and stuff, which I'm I'm very interested to see what that will be for her. I'm interested in that too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the the women that have come out of SNL, I'm much more impressed with. Oh, like yeah. the women are killing the game. Mm-hmm. Like I am in love with bridesmaids. <laughs> like yeah, that. Always. Yeah. Yes, that is my forever favorite movie. Forever. Favorite, like, favorite movie of all movies? Of all wow. movies. You know? okay. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's a feel-good movie. Oh, really? and it's yeah. hilarious. And oh, and every have I love it a million times. Yeah, yeah, and we've all seen it, like, a million times. Um, I just think, yeah, the writing is excellent, and, you know, I, I love it. Oh, it's great. It's great. Which reminds me, um, so for anyone listening, um, Zach and I went on a series of dates <laughs> probably about six years ago. Yes, yeah, uh, fall um, of 2014. Fall of 2014, that's right. And um, during one of our little dates, we watched a movie. <laughs> do you remember what movie that was? <laughs> yes. Wait, I think, what was oh, wait, it? I think I do. Okay, it's either one or the other. It was I. It was either something's got to give, or it was um, it's complicated with Meryl Streep, both directed by Nancy Myers. Um, <laughs> both the running theme of both movies are uh, privileged white women with uh, minimal problems that are somehow having a full nervous breakdown. <laughs> Exactly. So that's what I was getting at. I was like, oh, let's talk quintessential white woman movies. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that is what that movie was. And I think it was the second one you said, because I think she was <gasps> building oh, oh, a house. Oh, oh, no, oh, you're okay. Let's not, okay. Let's not make it sound too normal. She had a house. She was building, like, actually, I still, you know, honestly, I've seen the movie a couple of times. I still can't even understand what she was doing because she was <laughs> like, I, I'm like, what were you, what's happening? She was like, oh, I'm building an addition onto the house that will have my dream kitchen in it. But she, by the way, already had a humongous luxury kitchen. A, a gorge, anyone would dream of the kitchen she already had, but she wanted. Oh, of course she uh, did. Course. Yeah. And then she's like, I want a bigger kitchen, my dream kitchen. But she also kept talking about her bedroom being in the addition on the house. So I, I genuinely don't <laughs> understand what she was doing. She was just spending money and building things. You know, <laughs> you're like, can we, you're like, can we have a blueprint as to like what this lady's projects oh, are? Sure. Oh, at one point they pulled out the blueprints. I'm like, can you, can we freeze the movie for a second so I can actually just look at these documents? Because I do not understand. I can make heads or tails of this new floor plan. Did, didn't she have a gazebo or did I make that up? Or did I just assume that all. <laughs> white ladies have gazebos because that very well could be true <laughs> i mean that's 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 very that's very on brand for white women gazebos um oh i think she didn't have a gaze- oh wait she didn't have a gazebo but i think she had like a covered swing like a little like <laughs> i know which i which i thought like oh full full circle moment because i think of the covered swing from the Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan, that was also directed oh. by Nancy Myers. Um, that wow, was Nancy Myers, about, um, little white like... girls with. Uh, <laughs> but they actually did have a problem. 
You know, it's funny not to like get off topic, but the parent trap, just a little 30 second rant. <laughs> that movie is insane as an adult because it is at one point in time, these parents said, well, honey, I guess we're getting divorced. Yeah, it's the best thing. So um, I'll take this one. You take that one. Uh, we won't tell them about each other and we'll just hope they never find out that they had a sibling. Yeah, it sounds good. Okay, great. Like the fact that they immediately don't go, oh, we should have our parents arrested. They instead go, we should get them back together. <laughs> I just find that it insane. is such a good movie, though. Oh, it's great. But it's, if you if you and take it, ten seconds to look at the logic, like it, the, the whole thing just becomes like a. It could be a thriller. It could be a whole other movie. It could be a thriller. That's frightening. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the parent she, trap. What an aggressive name. I mean, it could be two adult Lindsay Lohans. That's pretty scary. Oh, that's good. Like, <laughs> her now. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, in your opinion, like your quintessential white woman movies? Because recently, mm-hmm. I just watched Stepmom again. <laughs> and um, every time I watch Stepmom, mm-hmm. I cry. And I know I'm going to cry. Oh, yeah. And it's almost, yeah, I'm like masochistic because I'm like, okay, I am going to watch <laughs> this movie and I'm going to cry for hours. Mm. I'm going to feel awful about mm-hmm. my life. But, you know, I just keep seeming to do it. Yeah. Um, so Stepmom's one of those. Ugh. I love Pretty Woman, oh. basically. Mm. Yeah, Julia Roberts. She yeah. has real problems. She has real problems. She does. <laughs> you know? Um, oh, okay. So are we talking about just like movies about privileged white women or just movies that are <laughs> all Because there are many movies that choose from an all white cast. Um, <laughs> uh, basically 90% of Hollywood. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, good grief. I guess mine that I probably go to the most. Um, that I've just rewatched the most. It would probably be, I mean, something's got to give. I have to say, I do. I think what makes something's got to give the best Nancy Myers movie is that all of her other movies are also about privileged white women, and of course, something's got to give is no exception. <laughs> but the only thing that I think gives it an emotional edge is that it actually does have something to say about like older women, and especially women that were married for a long time that find themselves like single later in life. Like I feel like there is something interesting being talked about in that film, whereas it's complicated. Is Meryl Streep going, hmm... Do I want to build, you know, my big kitchen and date my architect? Or do I want to, um, you know, have sex <laughs> with my ex-husband and still build my huge kitchen? Like, it's just, you know, it's not much drama there. The, the, the stakes were not very high. Uh, but I, okay, so something's got to give. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, definitely, uh, Ryan. That Meg Ryan movies yes. are also quintessential white woman. Movies. Oh, Meg Ryan is the white woman of the '90s. Other than I think Julia Roberts, <laughs> like I think they were like it. <sighs> and you, and you think, where is Meg Ryan? Like, where did she go? I mean, she's where other women are in Hollywood that have aged. Apparently, they're just like thrown out unless There's, you're, yeah. you know. You know, one of the three, like Lily Tomlin or Mel's Meryl Streep. Um, the other ones are just kind of thrown away. Oh, I mean, look at like even like Jessica Lang, who everyone's like, "Oh, I live for Jessica Lang." I'm like, "Y'all didn't live mm-hmm. for Jessica Lang ten years ago, before she was on American Horror Story." Y'all had forgot about Jessica Lang. 
So, I mean, you know who I think is really ripe for a comeback that I don't understand how she hasn't had a big resurgence is Michelle Pfeiffer, another 90s white woman. Because <gasps> um, <laughs> she, to me, can I tell you, when I was a child, one of the, it's like a fundamental like pop culture influence from when I was a child uh-huh. was obviously her as Selena Kyle slash Catwoman in Batman Returns. Uh, oh I, yeah, I was obsessed. I I remember the first time I saw that movie. First of all, I should not have been watching it. It came out in I think ninety two. Um, mm-hmm. I was five. I should not have been watching that movie, but I was obsessed <laughs> with her. And I remember for mm-hmm. Christmas, my parents got me a Batman action figure and then it had like the batmobile and everything and included as like a little side thing in the toolbox almost it also had a catwoman action figure so i didn't play with the batman action figure he he can go actually i did well i would do the scene where they were fighting on the rooftop and she would kick him off the roof i did i did that (laughs) Um, but yeah michelle pfeiffer great lovely lovely white woman I loved her, obviously, in Hairspray. And that's oh. actually the only thing I can really think of that she's done. I mean, that wasn't even recent. That was like 13 <laughs> years ago now. The only, the only thing I can think of that she's been in... Two, oh, two things. I know she was in that movie um, Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. It was a Darren Aaron. Oh, yeah. 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 She was very good. I remember being like, hey, you, where have you been? And then the only other thing I could think of, and I didn't even see it because it looks so awful, was a movie with her and Robert De Niro called The Family. And it had little, little talk about quintessential uh, white girl. It had the girl that played Quinn Fabray on Glee playing their daughter. <laughs> and she's it. I feel like I vaguely remember that movie. I didn't see it, of course, but I feel like I remember hearing, of course. I feel like (laughs) I've heard of it, I think? It makes me think of Family Stone. Oh, the Family Stone. I'm going to go into... Let me go into this rant about the Family Stone. Do it. Oh, do it. I think that movie is so bland. I do not <gasps> like that movie. Because that's that's the one with Cameron Diaz, right? No. Oh, no. Oh, thank God. I was going to be so sad. Wait. No, what that's am I... The Holiday. The Holiday? Oh, yeah. That's bland as fuck. Okay. The, the Family Stone is with... Is it with Reese? No, it's with Sarah Reese Jessica with Parker, Diane Keaton... Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Please, please continue with your rant, though. Please. We're <laughs> at a, a common theme today movies with white women. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, I did not like The Holiday. Mm. And mm. I, I don't like Cameron Diaz movies when she's not being ridiculous. Because I feel like she's, I only find her entertaining when she's being crazy. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yes, I do. I hear what you're saying. I think the reason I liked The Holiday, personally... Well, one, I do think Kate Winslet does the heavy lifting for that movie more than Cameron Diaz. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do remember at the time, I was getting a little tired of the whole manic Cameron Diaz thing. I was like, we get it. You're a kooky lady, you know? So it was nice to see her play a more grounded character, at least for, for me. I enjoyed seeing a more pulled back Cameron Diaz. Um, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. I just typecast her in my mind. <laughs> I'm oh. like, you need to play the same role for the rest of your life. It's like, I don't care if you're 70 years old. I still want you to be that lady well, you know, she's who's jumping up and down. And, uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, yeah. Yeah, she kind of announced a couple of years ago. She's like, yeah, I think I'm done. Um, which, I mean, who, who can blame her? Like, she wasn't being offered anything to do. And she's rich, and she's so fucking she can't rich. retire. Yeah. Oh, can we curse on this podcast? Oh, yeah, oh, of good. course oh, we can curse. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to so actually, family audiences to get, you know. Oh, God. Well, if families are listening, I hope they can all embrace bad words together. Bad words. Uh, bad words. <laughs> um, so, Zach, I have to ask you. Um, this is the last or the first time, I should say, that I think I've heard your voice <laughs> since um, 2015. That's when we last saw each other, right? Oh, my God. Is that right? I think so, wow. because um, you were my date to my friend's wedding. And I think, I'm pretty sure that was 2015, because that was a great year. <laughs> and I remember great years, oh. especially since we're in Trump era now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wow, that was the year before the election? That's insane. That, that whole pocket of time in my life feels like a whole blur. So that's interesting. Wow. I yeah, it was... feels like a completely different world. Oh, was it at the Asheville School? Is that where the wedding was? Um, is that my thing? Yes, yes. Yeah. So what does life look like for you now since the last there? Would you say it's more or less the same? Or what do you um, think? Hmm. In in what way? Just like what I'm doing, or my myself, what me as a person, what you're doing, where you are, <laughs> what your job is, what you want to do. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, give me the whole rundown. Like, who is Zach now? <laughs> who is Zach now? Uh, you know, I think Zach now is just a. Um, I don't want, I mean, I mean, I still struggle with anxiety and stuff like that, but that was a time in my life where I was really hitting a uh, uh, a place of needing to to change. I was really needing to get in touch with my feelings and figure out mm-hmm. how to exist as uh, an adult that has to deal with anxiety in a way where you don't just like check out of life because people are still relying on you and stuff. And I mm-hmm. I was very much that person, like if I had plans with friends and I was having a particularly anxious evening, I would just, you know, cancel plans. And granted, like looking out for yourself is fine. But I as I've gotten older, it's like, well, but everyone has anxiety. And actually I think that's the big thing is realizing I had sort of cast myself in the role of damaged goods when I was younger, not to get too heavy. But mm-hmm. I would just think, oh, I'm such a mess. Like, God, I wish I could get it together and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's just growing up is realizing no one has it together. Like, people can have it more together, at least as far as, you know, maybe financially or whatever. But everyone's dealing with something. Like, everyone's got something that drives them crazy in their heads. Like, and granted, everyone has that, but it's how they process it that I think mm-hmm. shows growth. And I'm still a work in progress, for sure. Um, yeah, I think everyone feels like a mess. Like, mm-hmm. And honestly, I think if you don't feel like a mess, or if you think that everything's peachy, then you should probably reconsider. <laughs> or, yeah, could, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's about not 
staying complacent and um, being honest with yourself and evaluating where you are and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, so I guess I would say I am, I'm still essentially me. Like, I'm still into a lot of the same things I was into. I'm, I'm still an actor. I would say that actually growing up has been about realizing, you know, what makes you happy in this world. And for me, that is performing, but I also want security. And so I'm kind of in this place now where I'm trying to, like, get a more stable daytime gig that doesn't just crush my soul, but that also mm, doesn't... Because mm-hmm. for the past few years, I basically lost, like, two or three years of performing time to my old job because I was just basically married to the place for a few years. And it was kind of a bad situation where my boss would kind of guilt trip me if I tried to request soft time for a rehearsal schedule or something. And I... Oh, I, like they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... And I naturally am very uh, an anxious person, as I said, and I overthink things. So I... And I'm also a people pleaser, so I didn't want him to be mad at me so i would just say oh it's it's not important it's not important I, i'll do i'll do i'll do another show later at a better time at a better time and i realized i was looking out for everybody's life and time except for my own mm-hmm. and that's actually what this year was supposed to be about was like kind of taking back my life for myself and saying well what makes yeah. you happy and it's okay to put yourself first a little more it doesn't mean you're being selfish it doesn't mean you're not thinking about others but you do no one's looking out for you but yourself you know what i mean like i mean i love that i love that so much you know thank you you know what that makes me think of so not to paint myself in an awful picture um, no but recently okay this is quite the story i ordered a pizza from domino's mm. and on the delivery instructions i put please ring the doorbell um, because I was at work. And so I, I can't answer the phone while I'm at work. And so time goes by and my phone was on silent, by the way, but I ended up looking at my phone and I saw that I had missed calls. And then all of a sudden the doorbell then started ringing like over and over and over. So I ran downstairs and the pizza guy was really rude. Oh. He was like, next time, check your phone. Oh. And Zach, I don't know what happened, but I like transformed in that moment. <laughs> and I said, well, I said on the delivery instructions, please ring the doorbell. I was working. I'm sorry. And I snatched the pizza from him, which, you know, I normally would never, ever do. And then I went inside, but I think, you know, I realized that, yes, this guy pissed me off, but also I think in the past, I kind of just let people walk over mm. me. And that that guy was really, really rude. And I recognized how hard his job must be, mm-hmm. especially during the oh, pandemic. Sure, sure. Like, I can't even imagine. But, you know, I think younger me would have you know, let him kind of beat me up verbally, mm-hmm. but I, 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 I'm happy that at least Victor, that's 29 years old and is about to turn 30 at the end of the year, is willing to stand up for myself a little bit more. And so that, you know, reminded me of what you had to say about 
um, looking out, looking out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because I mean, actually, I mean, I was just nodding my head the whole time you were saying that because most of my life was me just apologizing to everybody. Like, if I would say my, mm-hmm. my biggest uh, flaw is I can uh, overly apologize or overly make myself the uh, the bad guy. Or like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, that, I, I, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Yeah, I would have just totally... Like, if that situation happened to me um, at a certain time in my life, I totally would have backtracked and like, oh, yeah, 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 oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, please forgive me, you know? And it's just like, I'm sure I know he was stressed out. It's his job. But, like, you, I think my other big thing in life, be nice to people. Like, it does not cost you anything to be mm-hmm. you know, nice to someone. And because my thing is, even if someone is being super rude to me, I try to be nice. Because I do think, you know, uh, it, it, I feel like it usually goes better for me when I attack someone with, with niceness than when I get snarky. But sometimes snark just has to happen. And sometimes it's just how you're feeling in that moment. And sometimes that is your authentic moment to live. And you know that's not your usual type of mood or demeanor. Mm-hmm. But when someone snaps at you, your natural human instinct is to go into fight or flight. And it sounds like you're having a fight moment as opposed to a flight exactly. moment. Exactly. And I think... For me, something that I've personally been working on is being more authentic. And like, I don't think I'm fake by any means, but I think everyone to a degree, they will alter themselves, you know, to fit the status quo of what is expected. Um, So I've been really trying to dial that back and just kind of live authentically. So, you know, if I am pissed off, let me be pissed off. If I'm sad, let me be sad. Yeah. If I'm happy, let me be happy. And um, yeah, I, th- I think that is what I've been striving for. And maybe all of this quarantine <laughs> time has given me time to think about myself and, you know, what I want for my future. Right. Well, I think the quarantine, it's bringing out an interesting side of a lot of people where it makes you go like, well, what what do I let bother me a lot in my life? Like, what do I usually just ugh, let me... just puts me in a bad mood. And you think about how stupid all this stuff is when you really think about it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. with the world being sort of on a pause button right now, you think like, well, after this, after things go back to normal or like, you know, at least a more... a, a version of the world that looks more like what it was before... Am I going to allow all of this stuff to just flood back into my brain and make me forget about all this reflection time that I've had? And I think for me, Mm -hmm. my thing is going, okay, what can we learn from this? And I think a lot of it is don't let people get to you as much as they do because everyone's going through their own shit. And the other, I mean, I can't remember where I heard this, but I remember someone saying like, no one is thinking about you as much as you are. And I do think that, because I, I mostly think of, you know, stuff like that when I'm going into an audition room or something, because I mm-hmm. personally hate auditions because I, I get so nervous for an audition. Oh my God. I hated auditions, hated them so I much. Hate it. And the only thing that I heard that made me sort of reframe it in my brain is just like, to them, you're just an actor walking into a room and they're doing their job. 
And one, they don't want you to be bad. They, 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 they're not like, mm, I bet they're going to be terrible. They don't want you to be terrible. They want, they want you to be good. Mm-hmm. But also, you're just an actor in a room to them. They have no agenda against you. They have no uh, bad thoughts about you. You're just a person. And so you yeah. can, it's funny how you can sort of self-sabotage by going in with all of these thoughts of, oh, I have to be, I have to be this, I have to be that. I, oh, let me make sure. And, and for me as a gay actor, I feel like I spent a lot, uh, like most of my performing life, thinking that a successful audition was an audition where I could butch it up for five minutes. Or, oh, I, I really made my voice deep enough for that reading, that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And eventually I just reached a point where I went, you know what? Like, I'm a gay actor. Like, that is what I am. And sometimes I'm going to read more gay because, well, mm-hmm. I'm gay. And I, and it's funny how we spend so much time thinking about being more straight when that's not even, like, that's not even me. Like, that's, I, that's me. I think that's why I would be bad in auditions. Because I would, I'd be, mm-hmm. I, I mean, granted, acting is about becoming someone else. But I wasn't even tapping into the things that fundamentally make me my unique self as a performer. So that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand about acting. Um, with acting, yes, you're you're playing a character, you're playing someone else, but you're doing that because you're accessing a part of yourself yes. and using that to create the character. And um, yeah, I think a lot of people miss that point about acting because, you know, it's... You're not lying. And I think a lot of people think, oh, when you're acting, you're lying. No, yeah. acting's about truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah. Well, you think like, okay, let's say, uh, to say, oh, well, actors are just pretending to be someone else. Well, if that's true, then once one person plays like an historical figure or something, they should never make another movie about that historical figure again because every performance will be exactly the same. But that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can have two actors play like, you know, a real life person. And I might even think that one of those actors is a better actor than the other one, but the other person might just naturally have parts of themselves that connect to, to that, you know person more and that you can just get lost in that more but it is because they have particular traits about them as a performer that links them to that person it's not about being a better actor it's just you do bring yourself into every role and so yeah and i think and i think once you realize that when you go into audition rooms it makes you feel better because you're like okay this other person that auditioned before me they're great but what I bring to the table is different than what they bring to their yeah. table. And it's not up for me to decide who they want to cast, you know? And so me not getting the role doesn't mean I suck. It just means that I wasn't bringing what they had envisioned for the character, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the other big thing is is you spend a lot of time going, oh, man, I must have, you know, failed that audition. I didn't get it. And it's just you either are what they want or you're you're not. And you just have so much of it's out of your head. Yes, hands. and as a control freak, I hate that. So I think that's why I hate it. <laughs> and I think that's the big thing is going, well, you know, I wasn't what they wanted, but I know I'm talented. Like I, you know, you have to just be in touch with yourself and go, I know I have mm-hmm. talent. Like I if I know I'm not just 
secretly awful and no one's telling me. Like, I now I have talent. But I just wasn't what they wanted. And there were times where I've gotten roles where I have no idea how I got it because, you know, so-and-so was in the audition room and they were phenomenal. And then, you know, they don't mm-hmm. get cast and I do. And that doesn't make me go, oh, I guess I'm a better actor than them. It just makes me think, well, I guess I was just more what they wanted for this particular thing. I had an audition one time. I'll never forget this experience. Um, we were auditioning for Almost Maine when I was in undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted so badly to be in that show because it was kind of like what we were saying earlier. It was kind of like a essential, quintessential white woman <laughs> movie, but in the form of a play. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to be in it so badly. And so I gave it my all at the audition and I got a call back. And I remember she seemed like she was really, really into my character choices and really liked what I was doing. And so I was like, oh, my God, cat's in the bag. Like, I've got this role. And then fast forward to however many days later, when the cast list went up, I wasn't cast. And I was like, what? Uh, I thought I was amazing. I was like, how could I be amazing and not get cast? But... You know, when you're older and you're a more experienced actor, you realize, oh, I could have still had a very awesome audition, but that doesn't mean that I was going to get the role because that might have not been what they wanted. (laughs) Oh, I had an audition once for, um, it was for Avenue Q. And I thought, oh, I've got this. I've got this because I, you know, I knew the music like the back of my hand, but I also have always been kind of a very uh, vocal performer, like very in touch with being able to manipulate my voice and, and do different voices and things. So I thought, oh, well, this will be great. This will be great. And I went in and did my audition for it. I thought it was like a near-perfect audition. Like, I never think that about auditions, but I remember leaving the room going, well, I can't wait to start rehearsals, you guys. And then, you know, cut to a week later, I got the, you know, thank you for your time, but no thanks email. And I was really shook by it. Like I, yeah, I, it took me a few weeks to like fully go. Okay, snap out of it. You're fine. And you know, I hate to admit that bitter part of me, but there was a part of me that just thought, but that was a really good audition. Like I, yeah, but I gave my best audition I could have given, and it just that's the world going well. Control freak, I hate to break it to you. Um, <laughs> unless you're producing a show yourself and can cast yourself from the beginning, you are at the mercy of other people. And and that is just mm-hmm. the way it is. <sighs> yeah, we you know, we have a lot of power in the world. We have a lot of power to make decisions and we have a lot of power to own ourselves. But at the same time, it's a balance. A lot of things are not in our power. And that's not a bad thing. It's it's just how the world is. And I think that can be a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, but this leads me to my last question for you. Oh my. Um, and it's, I know, and it's something I actually ask everyone. But if you could call anyone from your past, who would you call and why? Oh, man. Um, ooh. You know, it's so funny. I have the clear answer in my head, but I, it's like I don't even want to say it. Um, 
Ooh, you can tell us anything. 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 Okay, if I'm being real, well, okay, of course I could go some emotional route and say, I would call, you know, well, it has to be someone that's alive, right? <laughs> someone I could actually call. It can be anyone. <laughs> no, of course, if I could, you know, if I could, you know, bend the laws of, you know, time and space and physics, I, I might call someone that's passed away or something. But I'll just mm-hmm. go from the the scope of actually being able to call the person in reality. Um, I will say, um, person I probably would call would be, and I I could do this, but I, I don't. Um, I would I would <laughs> call my most recent um ex actually, and I would have some things I wanted to say. <laughs> um, because I went through a breakup last year. Um, mm-hmm. Which I successfully survived, so you know everything's fine. Um, but it just ended very like poof, like like one day we were dating, the next day I never saw them again, kind of thing. And and mm-hmm. it was definitely the first time I'd had a breakup like that in my entire life. And it, I, if I'm just being totally honest and transparent, it really did kind of. Um, shake me for most of 2019 uh, uh most of 2019 was me like building myself back up again and becoming myself and not defining myself by what i deemed a failure of that relationship mm-hmm. but there are a lot of i didn't get a lot of closure from what happened and granted a lot of my life since then has been about well sometimes you have to make your own closure and not rely on someone else for that closure yes something i read recently on instagram and i think i shared it to my instagram story but it said stop mistaking getting closure for reopening Mm. bad bad wounds or or something like that and you know that's struck a chord with me yeah that's that's i mean and that's ultimately i know that's right because i and it's funny because i remember i did text him like maybe like three four months after we had broken up and maybe i shouldn't have done this but i was having i was feeling a certain type of way and i really was like i just need i need i need closure i need to talk to him or something and i messaged him saying hey i would love to meet with you like no pressure it's nothing like i'm not you know, meeting with you to yell at you or anything. I just really would like to mm-hmm. talk and like have uh, a conversation. And he did not respond to the text. He did not get back to me. Um, and in a way, that was kind of the phone call. Like in a way, that was kind of um, <laughs> like him not responding was almost what I needed. Yeah, I I think the quiet. <laughs> can be closure like silence is closure because silence tells you everything about well it means you're that little of a factor for them like they they don't even consider your personal progress emotionally as a thing they need to worry about and it doesn't make them a bad person doesn't make whatever but it just means that they have checked out of you and so so it is funny that i say i would still want to call him but i guess if i'm just being honest like there is just still a part of me that would like to go like, hey, what, what, what up? Like, what happened? Um, I mean, I think that's normal. I think a lot of people would probably call up, you know, people from their past to get some sort of closure. And I think a lot of people listening can relate to that. And, you know, you don't have to be on a podcast (laughs) to realize that. I think that's something that we think about every day. Um, But... I wanted to thank you so, 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 so much for coming onto the show. It was great, 
great hearing your voice for the first time in years. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. I, I tend to have word, <laughs> word soup and I, I talk, talk, talk. Um, no, it was great. You have opinions and that's what we're here for, to hear some opinions. Yeah, but, um, it was great to talk to you. Uh, I just want to say you've always been such a nice, like, great guy. And it was, it was very sweet of you to want to... Uh, yeah, to reach out and talk to me. I thought that was very, very sweet. Oh, thank you so much, Zach. Of course. Um, well, I'll definitely have to have you on again because I feel like there's a ton more that we could talk oh, about. So much to unpack. <laughs> so much. To we unpack. only talked about like four white women movies. Like, there's, there's, there's I know the of Hollywood to talk about. There's so many more white women movies to talk about. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Anne Hathaway. Oh, oh, God! Don't get me started. <laughs> Um, but all right. Um, any last words or bits of advice for anyone out there? Um, a mantra mantra. can be anything at all. Um, I will say, you know, uh, if I can say one thing, which I can, because you just said that I could, um, (laughs) I think my biggest journey personally as a gay person, as a gay male, gay, whatever, um, I think for a lot, a lot of my life, I have, avoided things that I was interested in because I was so concerned with how people would perceive uh, certain things that I liked, like that would make me Mm -hmm. more femme or whatever. And I think a big part of finding peace with yourself is allowing yourself to do the things that you want to do. And if someone doesn't like it or if someone judges you in a negative way, that does not make the things that you're interested in Invaluable. It just means that they have something to work on themselves. Um, because for for, adva- for example, quick example, I have always wanted a pink fantasy bathroom of just living in a pink fantasy, and I didn't do it forever because I thought, well, someone would walk into my bathroom and think that I'm really femme, or you know, they would think I'm like a flaming queen. And I think the thing is like, well, so what? And even if you are a flaming queen, so what? Like, what what's what's wrong with that? That's yeah, live your truth. Yeah. And the right person's going to celebrate all the things that make you unique in yourself and and love all the things that you love. So just keep being yourself and just trust that eventually you're going to ping pong against someone else that just is attracted to that. Yes, 100%. All right, Zach. Well, I will let you go and I will talk to okay. you soon. Enjoy quarantine life. Stay sane. Oh, you too. (laughs) Bye. Phone ringing off the hook. Got me a little shook. Who's on the line?